I'm Kira. And I'm Sarah. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to Decommission. All right, so it's a Sunday, but we're talking about a Friday. A freaky Friday. Which, it was just Friday the 13th. Yeah. So we're, we're close. We should have recorded on Friday the 13th, but... Yeah, but it isn't... It's not spooky or anything. <laughs> so, okay. So we're talking about the Freaky Friday musical movie that came out in 2018. Apparently, there are three other movie adaptations of Freaky Friday. One that I didn't even know about at all. There's the 1976 version with Jodie Foster and Barbara Harris that is... From only two, no, four years after the original book came out in 1972. And then there's the 2002-3 version with Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis. But apparently there's a 1995 version. Never heard of that. But to be fair, before we watched this one, I didn't even know this one existed. So <laughs> we talked about this before. Kira, Kira's like, we're going to watch Freaky Friday next. I'm like, Lindsay Lohan version? She's like, no, 2018. Okay. It was a made-for-television ver- version, which makes sense. And apparently it starred Shelley Long and, I can't, G- Gaby Hoffman, who I have no idea who that is. Shelley Long was in Cheers. This one looks like it's also more based on the book. But what is this thing? I need to look back at the original book, I guess, and see if the the mom did have a boyfriend because I don't remember this whole thing. Because in the Lindsay Lohan version and in this new version in 2018, there's a whole wedding aspect of the mom getting married. And I don't remember mm-hmm. that being in the book. Oh, this one also has a pair of magical amulets or magic makes them switch. Instead of in the original book, which this is a spoiler of the original book... So if you want to read the book, which is really good, it's a nice, quick, easy read because it's made for, you know, like 12 year olds. And it's a really, it's really fun and cute and written. It's written by Mary Rogers, who's the daughter of Richard Rogers, who's a very famous musical composer. You probably know him from Rogers and Hammerstein. Richard Richard Rogers Theater in New York, right? Yep. Wow. I just put those together. She also wrote the musical Once Upon a Mattress, if anyone knows what that is. So... Spoiler, in the original (laughs) book, it doesn't turn out to be an explainable type of magic. The mother switches the two of them to show Annabelle what it's like in her life. And the mother does get to see what it's like in Annabelle's life. But it's it's very fun to see, to not know what happened. And because in the book, Annabelle thinks that her mom's just kind of gone because she sees herself like on her bed eating marshmallows and she's like well that can't be my mom my mom hates marshmallows and then it turns uh, it turns out that it was her mom so it's just it, it, it there's way more to that and there's a great character named Boris who's not in any of these movies and it's crazy except as a dog actually Boris, Boris might dog. be in the original one but I didn't see oh, yeah Boris the dog Boris might be in the original movie but I haven't looked it up What's the the magical thing in the 2003 movie that makes them switch? Really racist. It's um Uh-oh. they go to a Chinese restaurant and the Chinese right. restaurant right. owner's mother does the fortune cookie magic switcheroo. It's not great. 
Um, okay, so this Wikipedia one for 1995 says, among many changes from the original, this version of the story has diving instead of water skiing as Annabelle's main hobby, which again plays a big role in the film's climax. Also, in the original and the book, Ellen and Bill are married, and Bill is Annabelle's dad. Thank hmm. you. Oh my god, that's what I thought. Like, it's not, it's, it's not that I don't think that they should show new, like, I don't, this is going to sound stupid, like, broken families becoming whole, but that, it's just weird. I feel like that's Hold a big the theme. phone. This says it was written by Stu Krieger. Stu Krieger, didn't he write, like, Xenon? I gotta look this up. I really hope, I hope not. I really hope not. Hold up, hold up, hold up. No, this is the 1995 version. Oh, okay. No, the 2018 version version, was written by... The version we haven't seen. Yeah, okay. hold on. Okay. Well, in that case, maybe we want to watch yeah, the he wrote Xenon Z. He was the Xenon writer, so he wrote the 1995 version of the of the Parent Trap, of Freaky Friday. Also, this dude wrote a troll in Central Park, <gasps> Don Bluth's masterpiece. Oh, my that God. Broke his I still have that on VHS tape, and I kind of want to go watch it now. <laughs> It's not great. Shout out to my mom who hates that movie because I, I watched watch it all, all the time. The time. Yep, I'm kind of scared to go back and watch it, but... Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> I I was a Don Bluth stan as a child because I had... I My favorite movies to watch were Anastasia, A Troll in Central Park, and Rockadoodle. That one I haven't seen. Rockadoodle. You've never seen no. Rockadoodle? Oh, man. Rockadoodle is so weird. It's like a mixture of live action and um and animation and it's so dumb but it's really it's got really fun music and it's just it it's so good for kids and yeah I could go on about Rockadoodle. So anyway, going back to the 2018 version of Freaky Friday, they <sighs> Let me just read the blurb and then I'll just and then I'll and then I'll then I'll go off on it. But this movie is rated G. It's it's very evidently rated G. Mm-hmm. It's from 2018, so it's only two years old. It's an hour and 32 minutes. It's coming of age, comedy, fantasy and musical. And I made this comment before we watched it. But it's weird to have this fantasy mixed in with like Xenon and some of the higher fantasy things because it's like. This is a very different style of fantasy. Right. So, I wonder if... Was, like, the Sweet Life movie considered fantasy? Because I feel like I this is... So. I was getting a lot of, like, Sweet sweet Life vibes. Just the whole, like, switching perspectives and everything. But I can't remember if that one was considered yeah. fantasy. But you're right. It's a completely different type. Also, it's not a comedy. No. Even slightly. No. Maybe the musical version it's is. Not like great. the stage production. I'm sure the musical, the stage version is better. And I know this because I've seen clips of it and the girl who plays Ellie is infinitely better. And I'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> so the blurb for this movie is, in Disney's madcap musical comedy about a body-swapping mother and daughter, feisty 16-year-old Ellie and stressed mom Catherine angrily wish each other could see things her way that doesn't make sense grammatically and it drives me insane. <laughs> but when they magically switch bodies, they must find a way to change back before it's too late. Yeah, that's that's the movie. It's not like it's a bad blurb besides that stupid grammar. Yeah. 
Another one that you can rewrite for Disney+. Plus. Uh, <laughs> so in this movie, first of all, in the book, the characters' names are Annabelle and Ellen. And for some reason, in the 2002 or whatever and this one, they renamed the mom. In the, in the Lindsay Lohan one, her name is Tess. And in this one, her name is Catherine. And in the 2000-whatever one, her, the Lindsay Lohan's character's name is Anna, which, Annabelle, okay. And in this one, her name is Ellie. And I was like, oh, okay, she goes by Ellie. Her name's still Annabelle. No, her name is Eleanor for no reason. Yeah. Also, the brother but... in the book is named Ben. In the Lindsay Lohan one, his name is Harry. And then in this one, his name is Fletcher. Right. Like, where do they come up? At least they could have the same first initial or something to keep it consistent. But I don't know where they're coming up with these names. No, I have no idea. It's so weird. <sighs> so in this one, Ellie is a sophomore in high school and she's a brat. And then her mom is a caterer and she's getting married. And then they find this, they'll find this, but they have this hourglass that was a gift from her dead dad. And they switch bodies through this hourglass, but oh no, they break the hourglass. And then they learn that, that the mom had the other hourglass, but she sold it to an antique store. So then they go on this madcap adventure, you know, it's super madcap, whatever. And the mom goes as Ellie to school and it's really uncomfortable for a mm. multitude of reasons. One, this girl cannot act. I'm, I'm just going to start this off. The girl who plays Ellie in this movie is terrible. Yeah, she's, she's really in a couple of bad. The, um, Disney Channel shows, right? Yeah. Which I haven't seen. I don't know if she can't act in those either. She's in Mighty Med and I think, what, Casey Undercover or something. And she's terrible. She's, I don't, I haven't seen those shows, but she's so unbelievably unlikable, unfunny. And her voice is so auto-tuned because she's a pop singer. Right. Who, you know, she can sing fine, whatever, but she's not, she can't sing musical theater. And she's up against Heidi Blickenstaff, mm -hmm. who I've talked about before, who is a powerhouse. She, I, I talked about how I saw her in, at the Festival of the Arts at Epcot this past winter. And she sang Poor Unfortunate Souls. And it was like soul shatteringly good and you can find it on youtube you can mm -hmm. find either yeah, the i watched of the it last performance. It, was, it was amazing she adds so she, much charisma to that she, it, it's her own and the thing is that song it's really hard to do disney songs and make them your own but she that song is completely different than pat carroll's original version of it and mm -hmm. a lot of the women who took over as ursula did the same thing this isn't just like heidi blickenstaff is the only one who's done it but she oh my god she's incredible and anytime she sang you could tell that she wasn't she was probably auto-tuned a little bit because everything is auto-tuned, but she was it was like the minorest of tweaks because that woman has perfect pitch and is unbelievable. And to have her sing with this girl who sang like this, and this is how she sounded, which is like, it's fine, but she sounded so weird so compared auto -tuned. to- so auto-tuned. You know what it reminded so me of? The li live-action Beauty of the Beast where everything was so oh. auto-tuned, it was oh, so bad. And actually, that's actually a good comparison because there was a part where Emma Watson was singing with Audra McDonald, uh -huh. a woman who has won the most Tony Awards ever at performing in history and is a trained- classical singer right and there's a part where she plays the wardrobe and there's a part where she and emma watson are singing and it's just like 
this is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Don't get me started on that movie. The only good thing from that movie is Luke Evans, who's so funny as Gaston. Yeah. That's the only good part. I think that was the part. only part of that movie that made me smile. The rest of it, I... Because it's I, the same I, I thing. I can't remember he, if that... Was that one of the first live action ones It was, that they I think, did? the second one. Cinderella was the first big yeah. one. And that one I didn't like either. And then I went into this one. I'm like, well, maybe it will be better. So it, it wasn't. It's so bad. And, like, the thing I like that Luke Evans does is that he, he makes it his own. Like, he's Gaston and he's got the same, you know, beefhead thing. But he's he's much more charming and sleazy than the movie, the the animated Gaston, who's just this big meathead, who's like, ha I'm so strong, and blah, blah. But Luke Evans is like, yeah, he's like the, like, sparkle on his teeth when he smiles, kind of. Like like Tr- Tanner from Teen Like Beach Tanner, movie. yeah, I did think of that. I think about that. <laughs> but this girl is, so this girl was not on stage. Which, did you, did you happen to find out why the girl from the stage production didn't, I wonder if it's because Disney Channel had this other person they wanted to use, like or if she didn't want to be Oh, I doubt she didn't want to be in it. My guess is that she was too old. So I'm I'm reading an article on TV Line. There was a removal of a song called After All of This and Everything, a ballad in which Ellie, in Catherine's body, apologizes to Fletcher, explaining that even though parents aren't perfect, they'll always have his back. The song was recorded for the movie, and Blickenstaff says the creative team wanted to keep it, but no one could figure out the right way to present it. Um... Which is really a pity because that song about parents lie was terrible. Mm-hmm. And then she says she wishes she could bring back Busted, which is a song I mentioned yesterday, which is where a bunch of parents and children sing about, like, learning about a lot, the lies the other ones have told. And I think that's fun. That makes me think of, like, Mama, I'm a Big Girl Now from Hairspray, which is my favorite song from that show. Yeah, it'd be interesting to hear a song like that. I wonder if it's more, like, upbeat and fun. Because I feel like... I'll- I don't know if you want to talk about this now or later, about how all the songs sound the same. <laughs> they do. No, you can talk about that whenever. I'm just going to keep trying to see why, um, what is her name? Uh, Ellie. Ellie. Yeah. You, you no, uh, Emma, Emma, Emma Hunton. Emma Hunton, the original Ellie on stage. Why she? I'm trying to find why she was replaced. Can you explain to me why? I can't find anything about why she wasn't in it. My guess would also be age, since she is apparently 29, so she would have been 27. Yeah, but I mean, let's look at Cole Sprouse in Riverdale, friends. Let's. Yeah, that's my guess. Yeah, I can't find anything. I can't find anything about why she was replaced, and the only thing I can think of was that she was slightly old. But they had so many other people they could pick from. Why the hell didn't they pick someone like Dove Cameron? Like, I'm sorry. So Dove Cameron was in Liv and Maddie and Descendants, and she was in the Hairspray Live. She is incredibly talented, an incredibly good performer, and can sing. Mm -hmm. And is very funny. Yeah, she would have been a good... Ellie, and they I chose think. this girl who has no stage presence. She has no screen presence. She has nothing. And she was so unpleasant. There was nothing likable about her. And mm-hmm. I know I'm being mean, but the thing is, there was a character that came on screen whose name was Savannah, who was this the like bully to this girl, which was a weird thing anyway. But this girl was charismatic, had such screen presence, and had pipes yeah totally blew ellie out of the water 
And she, like, okay, see, that thing is that the girl who played Ellie had terrible posture. Like, not like, it wasn't like she had like a crooked back or anything, but she would just kind of stand like a normal, like, regular stance when on like screen and stage and things. You have to have, you have to have a posture. And yeah. it's like, you don't have to have, you know, straight back, stand up straight, all kinds of posture, but you have to have grounding. You have to be, you have to be able to have a footing of where you are. And this girl just looked like she was standing on a, on, on a soundstage. Yeah. It was, oh, I'm sorry. Like, that was the main thing. That girl who played Ellie, and I know I'm just ripping into her, and, like, I I, I, I know she's a, a kid, and, like, I'm sorry, but it really brought down this movie. The casting of this movie was one of the worst castings we've seen in a long time. Yeah. It was, like, two minutes into it, and we're like, we don't like this character. Like, I hope she gets no. better, but she didn't. Also, they cut a bunch of Heidi Blickenstaff's songs and screen time to give the girl who played Ellie more screen time because we get it. It's for the teenagers. But she she also sang the ending song all by, by herself. herself. Yeah. And it's like nobody wants to hear her sing. I'm sorry. When you're up, and not that she's a bad singer, but when you're up against Heidi Blickenstaff, who is a powerhouse. Yeah. And they did like two different encores of that last song. And we thought maybe oh Heidi Blickenstaff would join in for one of the last encores. But nope. No. It was just... Ellie singing the movie out. Also, they had no chemistry. Mm-hmm. And not for lack of trying. Like, Heidi Blickenstaff was, like, you know, giving. And that girl was not taking it. She yeah. was like, well, if I don't like you, then I don't then I don't want to do anything with you. It's like, that's not how a mother-daughter relationship yeah. is. And this is a movie where you need to have a lot of chemistry. You're literally switching bodies. Yeah. And being in the other person's body. Like, you need to have chemistry. Also, the script was terrible. It was... From what I can tell, the script was really, 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 really rewritten for the movie. Yeah. And it was, it like, Frankenstein. So, going back to the plot, I'm just going to give a skeletal one because a lot of it doesn't matter. So, anyway, the mother said she sold the hourglass to an antique store. And it's her wedding rehearsal dinner that night but ellie wants to do this thing called the hunt which is the whole i guess school or sophomore class or something has to do this like scavenger hunt around the city that makes no sense and i don't understand at all and once they switch bodies then they learn that the antique store is closed and so they have to add the hourglass or they have to get the boy that ellie likes to add the the hourglass to the hunt and then they that's how they get it back and then and then they they can't change back when you know nobody's around but then when they're in at the wedding in front of everybody that's when they're able to change back because they say i love you and that's fine and i was reading this article and even heidi book and stuff was like wouldn't guests think it's weird that mm-hmm. they're transforming and switching places and they have this hourglass that's lighting up magically and, and everyone just acts anything. like nothing happened yeah it's terrible she's like oh you go get married now and the fiance is just like okay time to get married so stupid also so fletcher runs away at one point and so what we were talking about earlier about the 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 ellie scenes at school being so uncomfortable is that so ellie with like Catherine in her body basically the boy that ellie likes is like flirting with her and so she starts to be like oh my god how do i feel and it's so cringy yeah and i think that might even be in the original show but i don't know if it's done the same way and it's not like she was being like oh he likes my daughter this is so cute it's like she's 
feeling these feelings for herself. And it's so awkward. It's so creepy. It's so weird. And her mannerisms, which the girl who plays Ellie is the one responsible for that. (laughs) She had none. She, She did not do anything to make it seem like she was a different person. Everything that was done was hair and costumes. Right. I'm like, you have to pretend like you're the mom. And you have to act awkward and pushing this guy away. The only thing that she would do is that sometimes she would, like, tilt her chin up and be like, and this is what you should do. And it's like, that's not what your mom was doing, though. Did you watch how Heidi Blickenstaff played the character? Also, this is a fault for the design team. But in the original stage production, Heidi Blickenstaff was much more uptightly dressed. She had shorter bobbed hair that looked much more like a businesswoman hair. And in this one... We first see her in, like, leggings and, like, a comfy long sleeve tee, and she's got this really beautiful, like, her natural hair, I'm pretty sure, was, like, you know, kind of wavy and gorgeous, and she looked really young and hip, and I was like, I don't understand. Why are they going this route? Yeah. It was weird. This movie was a mess. This movie was a mess, and I, if you listened to the episode on Adventures in Babysitting, I mentioned how excited I was for this movie, because... I like musicals. I'd heard the stage musical was really good. I adore Heidi Blick and stuff. So it's just... Yeah, it really sucks, too, for people who... I'm guessing these probably came out... Or was this after the stage production was done on Broadway? It was that never this on movie Broadway. Or it was when, it, when, Broadway. when it was, like, on, it was on in, stage. It was at the Signature Theater, I think, and then it was in La Jolla. And I believe it was a year after the show. Or it was it was the year after the show. Okay. So I, I don't think know, the show I closed it was on in Broadway, but... No, um, um, it was, it was a 2017 La Jolla okay. run, I think. And but then yeah. in 2018 is when the movie came out. So it was, it was, it was probably not that much later yeah. that it was recorded. I was going to say, if I saw this movie, I would not be interested in going to see the stage production had I not known anything about the stage production. Well, I think the other problem with the stage production, which is something that I said earlier that I, I just want to like expand on, is that the problem with the movie is that it's geared and so forced down the throat of being like, this is for the teens in the audience. This is for you teens out there. Which, like, we get that DCOMs are for the kids and the teens. Like, that's fine. But when they do it so purposefully, that's mm-hmm. when it's bad. Like, make it also enjoyable for the parents who are watching it, yeah. too. For people in their... 20s like us who want to enjoy a decom. Yeah, make it an enjoyable a movie. You can still make it geared towards kids and teens, but have it be likable, yeah. i.e. teen beach movies. Mm-hmm. Also, I mean, even like something like Starstruck, like that was still enjoyable. It wasn't like mind-blowing, but it was still like, this is good enough. And then, but the stage production, I can just, I, even just from the clips that I've seen, I can see that yeah, it's still a Disney theatrical production, so it's still geared toward a younger audience. But it's it's not it's not so overtly childish. Like this movie was so childish, mm-hmm. and it made me angry. This movie made me really angry to watch, and it was a so it's it's uh it's really hard for me to rank. And now that we're ranking it just at this moment, but it's I've been thinking about it since we watched it. And it's really hard for me to rank because there's the movies that are really boring and those ones like dad napped and I just don't want to watch them. And I'm sitting there like, oh, I don't want to watch this. But this one I was sitting there like, I'm so angry at the possibilities this movie held 
mm-hmm. that they made it like this. And also, one thing we have not talked about yet is that the director for this movie had not directed any other filmed musicals. Yeah. And it was evident. Yeah, it's very evident. His name is Steve Carr, and you want to know what else he directed? What? Paul Blart Mall Cop and Daddy Daycare, to name a few. Oh, it's so It was so evident that he was a comedy director because he would do these edits that were all for comedy. Like, there was the scene where Catherine and her fiancé are doing a dance, and there were these, like, cuts to, like, piece them together so that it was funnier. And it wasn't funny at all. And also, a lot of the dances... And I don't know if this is the choreographer or the director or what, but the dances, the d- the students look oh, like gosh. zombies. Yeah. In the biology class when everyone just got song. up and started to dance, but it was like everyone's looking in different directions. They weren't even, they were looking like, they were told to look straight ahead from where they were and they didn't have any expression and they were just totally just like dancing. They looked like zombies and it was scary. Yeah. And it was, it didn't make any sense because there was one shot where, where like Ellie was facing a corner and so she was looking at the camera and then they were all facing the front of the class. It was so weird. And yeah. then it was shot so that you couldn't even, some of those things you couldn't even see the choreography and it was so weird. Especially coming from a movie like <sighs> Teen Beach Movie that we watched not that long ago where the director was a choreographer too, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. So we had so many great shots of the choreography mm-hmm. and then we watched this movie and it's the complete opposite. So bad. And, I mean, when we watch the Descendants movies, those are directed by Kenny Ortega. Oh, so okay. those are going to be really well directed. Yeah. Uh, did, dance-wise. Didn't he do High School Musical, too? Kenny Ortega? Yes. He also did the Hairspray Live. Okay. Um, he's very, very famous. If you know if you know musical theater, you know Kenny Ortega. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, do you want to do Test of Time or Moral first? Uh, let's do moral first. I have two. I didn't think too hard about them. I thought of two, and I was like, you know what? Those are the ones. (laughs) Those are good enough. If you have one that you that's better, good. If not, these are fine, I guess. (laughs) Well, the Uh, ones. Okay, so I already talked about how I was kind of comparing this to Sweet Life a lot, just with the whole not in the Sweet Life movie they didn't body flip like we thought they were going to but i feel like Mm -hmm. the moral was still pretty similar to what they were trying to do there with the whole walk a mile in someone else's shoes grass is always greener be tolerant of differences communication is key blah 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 i think communication is key i should have written communication is key down but i i stole the sweet life one i was like yep walk a mile in someone else's shoes (laughs) Mm -hmm. we thought the exact same thing the only other things i had were i think I like to take quotes out of them and use them as, mm-hmm, like, side mm-hmm. morals. I have, it's okay to be out of control, mm-hmm. which is something that they said. And then, yeah. oh, just with how things flipped back at the end, I I wrote, love solves everything. Love Because uh, uh, that was how they switched back. Yeah. Lo- everything, love conquers all is kind of the, <laughs> the moral. accidental true <laughs> yeah. moral. Um, uh, the only other one that I have is love the skin you're in. Oh my gosh. It's like what's the the product that uses that for their branding? Is it like Olay or Dove or something? I don't remember, but it I really felt that like up. a that is I think it is Walk a Mile in Someone Else's Shoes though. I think it's completely unavoidable to have a body swapping movie that isn't Exactly. Exactly that. Yeah. And I'm fine. You all are gonna be surprised, but I'm totally fine with this repeat moral. 
<laughs> because it's pretty much the same <laughs> plot line of you don't understand each other. You gotta see each other something through the other's eyes. Come yes. on. So, yeah. so just yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine with this being a double moral. How did it stack up though? Is the big question of the day. Let's see. Go into the spreadsheet. I just saw. I went. To, I clicked on the the Disney Plus page and accidentally saw the girl who played Ellie's face and just got really angry. <laughs> Uh, I See, don't this is where I kind of want to be. I want to rank it worse because I feel like she didn't do a good job of portraying that she. Understood. No, but it's also the writing, so it's not just yeah. her. Oh, it's it, I'm ranking this way worse than the Sweet Life movie in regards to the the moral. I. I don't feel like in in the movie version of it they actually learned anything. I want to give yeah, it like a I two point five. Yeah, I think it relates back to the chemistry between the two like you can't tell that they figured out yeah about each other nope it felt completely contrived so you ranked halloween town high at a 2.5 which is the how how do you get to know someone if you don't show them who you really truly are quote which i think this one was another one where it was like they're trying so hard to shove this very particular moral down people's throats and they didn't do it well it was evident it was there so that's good but that's about it. And the reason I want to give it the 0. 0.5 is because Heidi Blickenstaff tried and emoted yeah. and did a good job. Yeah. I was thinking that, too. I was going to... I think I'll stick with a 3. That's what my original thought was. And then I was thinking, maybe I'll take it down to a 2.5 or a 2. But like you said, Heidi Blickenstaff really made it slightly better. So I think I'm going to stick with a 3. That's fine. Oh. I'm just, I'm, this is a movie. We've watched a lot of DCOM so far. We are at, hold on, let me count. I'm going to go to our Spotify. I can't because my Spotify, I don't want to log in right now. <laughs> I'm going to go to our Podbean, which is where I upload everything. So we've recorded 25 before this, including Adventures in Babysitting, which hasn't been uploaded right. yet. Yep. So, I mean, we've watched... 25 episodes, 25 movies that's not not a lot and i don't think i've been as disappointed by a non-sequel movie right. and i feel like we've been more bored watching movies yeah but like you said it's different when you're i feel like it's hard to be bored when you're so angry because <laughs> you you just start nit- nitpicking everything yep i have not been this disappointed i don't even know if i've been this disappointed by a sequel movie because, I mean, I wasn't disappointed in Xenon Z3 or Halloween Town High. Yeah, we kind of just assumed are, things were going to start. <laughs> them, I mean, it was disappointed, but in a different way. Also, right. those are third movies. So it's like they're even more of a sequel, so it's even less expectations. This one I had, I will admit, I had sky-high expectations. Like, I really wanted this to be good because I had heard the stage musical was really good. And I hadn't actually heard anything after the movie came out i feel like i have this vague recollection of someone saying the movie was really bad but that might just be me pulling it out of my butt (laughs) i'm gonna say this now just so that everyone has a heads up this might be a shorter episode because i don't have anything else to talk about except one line that i thought was funny one and then obviously the test of time in the ranking so i don't know how much you have written down but you might have to do a lot of talking i i wrote 
a few things down. We might have talked about a few of them already, but we've talked. About I feel like I was just like pulling random stuff. I'm like, oh, I might talk about this because I need something to talk about. I had about a post-its worth of, worth of things to talk about. I didn't write it on a post-it though. I wrote it on my computer. But we've talked about everything. Everything up. Everything else came up organically. But anyway, I just wanted to warn people that this might not be the longest of episodes. But after the Teen Beach 2 episode, I'm sure people won't mind. So, yeah. test of time. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to, let's compare it to something. Obviously, I don't think it's going to hold up as well as the Teen Beach movies. Because no, the music was good not. and the music and the songs sounded different. Oh, you were going to talk about how all the songs sounded the same. Right. So, whenever we talk about or you ask, like, oh, which song was that? I'm like, I honestly don't remember it because they all sound the same to me. All the songs in this movie, I feel like, have the same kind of melodic, same chord progression type of thing. And they're all just describing what's going on like i'm gonna go make a cake and i'm gonna go get ready for this wedding and oh my daughter's so annoying just describing very basic things in a very bad way (laughs) and it's just so annoying so i don't know if i'm sure you felt the same way too where they just all kind of sounded alike especially the ones that ellie sang because she sang them all the same as well all exactly the same um, I'm trying to find where's the the one with oh parents lie. That's the most egregious one in my opinion. Yeah, the one where they're walking through the park. Yeah. yeah. Where's that one line? These lines look different. Did they change the lyrics for the movie too? I think they did. Oh my gosh. But I might be wrong. Like there's it doesn't seem all that different. But these sound these these seem a little more genuine. So I'm not gonna use that. Where's the, let's look at O-Biology. The chorus for O-Biology is, O-Biology, what have you done to me? Why can't my grown-up brain control my teenage parts? O-Biology, why won't you let me be? Why can't you be humane and still are beating hearts before the cutting starts? Oh no, that one wasn't, that's not that bad. But then there's another one that's, O-Biology, what have you done to me? My over 40 soul is in a teen cliche, O-Biology, why won't you set me free? Because I'm not in control and hunger has its say and hormones have their way. <laughs> it's just so crazy. That song yeah. just makes me so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That mixed in with the fact that it's the mom in Ellie's body with the boy <laughs> that likes her. Uh, I wish I would have written down more of the really stupid lines that I wrote down song lyrics terrible, but I didn't write down any specific ones. Yeah, I didn't write down any of them. I do, looking at the lyrics, this looks like these are the, I mean, these are the stage lyrics for sure. But these look like, these look like the stage show lyrics. Because there's, there was this one part in the parents lie that I just couldn't find. Um, So I got this is, I'll bake stuff. I can think like I make stuff like you. I'll have a laugh, have my coffee decaf or half calf, and then yell at the staff on your behalf. Which, that's not that bad. But then there's, I got this. Yeah, I got this. Put a stick up my butt. Be quick to say what, that, not this. I'm perfection. I don't need your direction at all. Call me a slob or a slackerish blob. I can act like a snob and fool that mob. So it's like those lyrics, it's like, it. these I think are the stage ones. I want to see if I can find the movie lyrics. Because I feel like these are different. I really do. Because it's like these, these lyrics are like, 
almost there. Like they're yeah. And I feel like if they're delivered in the right way, like they probably are in the stage production, then maybe they'd be more funny, but not when you're just deadpan like delivering lines like rhyming yeah. stupid things. <laughs> oh yeah, this is completely different. Oh, 100% different. Okay. So Parents Lie in the in the musical cuz I think on the CD it starts. But Parents Lie, it's sad but true. Mine lied to me. Yours lied to you. This is she's saying this to her brother. They're the same parents. Ha 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 ha. Ha. That's the line. So there's a line that goes and no one likes broccoli. We're all bad at flossing and everyone's sleeping in church. Okay. And Cliff, the cat's not at a farm. Cliff is dead. And then she goes, and sodas... Wait, sorry. I'm going to start this over because I have to... Oh, it's Buck. For some reason, instead of saying Cliff, they said Buck. Hmm. But she said. then she says, And soda won't kill you, despite what I said. <sighs> the line in the, in the musical is apparently, And Lori's not wrestling with Bobby in bed. And Santa Claus... Just forget what I said. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess they <laughs> can't put the wrestling in bed and thing magic. In and ma- com, so, so that's the other thing I learned. So Fletcher in the movie is obsessed with magic. But in the musical, in the stage, on stage, he's obsessed with puppets. Okay. So I think that's the whole reason they did that. So that's... This is exactly what I'm saying the musical is not just geared towards kid. I get the Lori's not wrestling with Bobby in bed, and I get the Santa Claus, but it's like, those are the lyrics they replace them with? Right. Make it better replacements. Yeah. So that's why I was, like, reading these lyrics online, and I was like, you know, these aren't that bad. They're not the most original, but they're fine. Oh, my god. Okay. Test of time. Oh, right. I was looking at my list here. I okay, so on our on our list we have the Sweet Life movie followed by Frenemies, because that's mm-hmm. the order we did it with. Sweet Life movie I have it a five and Frenemies I have it a one and I'm like, uh-huh. you know what? Let's just put it right down the middle at a three. <laughs> Cause it's not that much later than those movies. I mean those movies were from the early two thousand tens and this is from the mid late two thousand tens. Yeah. So I have Sweet Life at a four and Frenemies at a three, but I don't think this this one deserves more than a three, so I might put it at the same as Frenemies. I feel like it gave me the same type of, like, It did. Test that was another vibe. one that was just really disappointing, but that one was disappointing in, like, an ugh kind of way instead of a, like, ugh kind of way. Frenemies? It was like, it was like a, dis- yeah, Frenemies. Yeah. Frenemies was, like, a disgusted disappointment. Yeah. And this one was just, like, a really aggravated, angry disappointment. Yeah. Two different types of disappointment. Yeah. And it's not that it looked that bad, but it was directed badly. It was sound edited very badly. And the acting, besides Heidi Blickenstaff and maybe the guy who played her fiancé, really, and the woman who was Tori was fine, but they really won't hold up. Right. Ugh. Yeah, at least, like, and the, Savannah. The, the, Savannah 2000, was fantastic. the Lindsay Lohan version, I feel like people still, they still talk about, they still watch that Freaky Friday. This one, I don't think people are going to be watching. No. And that one's got its problems. Don't it does. D- don't yes. d- don't think that we don't think that. I watched that movie a couple months ago because you know it's quarantine, and um, it's bad, but it's everyone's trying in that movie. Mm-hmm. So like, there's effort put into it. There's effort put into it. 
in this one, it just kind of seems like everyone's coasting except for, like, Heidi Blickenstaff and the girl who played Savannah. Right. Like, Anna is unlikable in the Lindsay Lohan version, but but, but, Lohan, but she has character that makes it, like, yeah, so you and, enjoy and watching Lohan it. Lindsay Lohan has presence and charm, yes. and she's very funny. This girl is not funny at all. She makes me so uncomfortable with some of the humor she tries to inject. Right. Oh, it's like they, it, she honestly seems like they went to a high school and went, mm, you're fine, and just like told her to come along for the day. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to just, speaking of like just moving on to rankings, I think I'm, because it gave me a similar feeling to Frenemies, I think I'm just going to give it a D. I don't know if I would watch this one before I watched Frenemies. I wouldn't watch either of them. That's the problem. Say, I, wouldn't want to watch I probably again. would watch this one before I watched Frenemies. But the next movie I have at a D plus is Up, Up, and Away. And I think I gave Adventures in Babysitting a D plus as well. Yeah, I think I gave Adventures in Babysitting a C minus. I think I was going to give this one a D plus. I don't think I have. Nope, I have You Lucky Dog at a D plus. I feel like this is this is on the same like level for me as you lucky dog in terms of watching again and Heidi Blickenstaff does raise it a little bit from a D that's my thing is like I would only watch it to watch her like I would skip everything else yeah. except for her and Savannah because the girl who played Savannah I need to give credit where credit is due that girl was so good and I wish she could have sang more I wish she could have been on screen more mm-hmm. she was so if good if anyone could have and sang her more outfits. her outfits her were outfit fun. was so good yeah it's really unfortunate that most of the songs went to Ellie yeah, and, and so many songs were cut. So many. like It's like half the songs were cut. There were two songs almost right in a row. There was the Just One Day and then I Got This. And then there was nothing for like a half an hour and yeah. then Oh Biology. You, you forget it's a musical. Yeah. <laughs> Until they just so, randomly start singing. You're like, oh so yeah. So badly paced. Uh, I'm going to put it at a, at a D. And then if when we do our end of season wrap in a couple up. weeks. Yeah, it's coming up. We only have two more movies left. If I decide that I want to bump it up and, and move some things around, then I will. But. Uh, All right. Whatever. Well, what are what? the couple of things that you have <laughs> on your your? I don't have. Or... I have one line. That's not. I don't even have a couple things. I have one. Okay. What's your one there line? There was one line that was kind of funny and it was at the beginning of the movie. It's when they first swap bodies and they're looking in the mirror and Catherine goes, Elias Catherine goes, I look like a realtor. And then Catherine, as Ellie goes, I look like a sad, sad little boy. Oh, yeah. And it was like, that's that's very funny. Yeah. But also, she didn't look like a realtor. No, Now she that I'm didn't. thinking about it. No. I don't know where they come up, came up with that line, but... It's because in the original stage show, she did. She had a blazer, and she was wearing, like, a, 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 like a pantsuit, and she had that realtor hairstyle. Mm-hmm. And in this, they made her look like a hot mom. Like a hot, yeah. cool, chill mom. Also, one thing I haven't talked about, and I I don't want to just rip on them either, but the two kids they had play her friends were not good. No. They were they so were boring. Like, oh, and we're mad at you. Oh, we're not mad at you. Oh, you, did you find your brother? We're them. worried about him. They were unpleasant. They were mean. They were snotty. And it's not yeah. necessarily like the she, kids who were playing them. It's mostly writing. Right. Ellie they had one unpleasant. off day at school, and then they're like, "We, you're not included in the hunt with us. Yeah. 
The boy who played the love interest, Adam or whatever his name was, his acting was fine, but then he sang the song for the hunt and he cannot sing. Yeah. He was so auto tuned. They should have had someone. Why didn't they just dub him? If they really wanted him to be the actor, just dub him. Dubbing is still a thing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's not the best and I don't really like it, but auto tuning is so much worse than letting someone sing. Yes. Agreed. Ugh. Ugh. Oi, 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 oi. But this is an oi, oi, oi. Oh, I'm so disappointed. <laughs> I feel like anyway, we've been using that a lot to describe movies lately. Oh, forever. Anyway, what else do you have? All right. One of the first things I noticed was just an editing thing with the movie, how it would get really loud during the song parts and oh, then really yeah. quiet during yep. the dialogue parts. So I was constantly adjusting my volume so I could hear you yep. and the movie at the same time. We couldn't hear each other at all during the songs. Yeah. They were so loud. <laughs> what would you and say? I, <laughs> Yep, I turned my volume of my movie in Disney Plus down to the absolute bottom mm-hmm. it can go so that I can just turn the volume up so I can hear Sarah. Yeah. Couldn't hear her at all yep. if the songs were playing. Uh, what else? Oh, when they were talking about the antique shop that the hourglass was at, and she's like, it's vintage an- antiques. Yeah, and I, I commented, I'm like, vintage antiques? Why would they name something that means the same, like vintage and antiques? But they called it out in the movie. They did call they it out, They said, why not yeah. call it antique antiques? So I thought that was nice that they called that themselves was, yeah. out. They did that a couple times where they would call themselves out. Speaking of the antiques, though, the antique store had a sign on it that was like, we've sold all of our antiques to 33 different antique stores across across the, the, the city, city and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, first of all, where do they live? Second of all... That's Who would yeah. write that? And also, why wouldn't they put the list of stores? Like, so weird. Yeah. No, also, it I made like no, no sense that the, 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 the hourglass was supposed to be on the hunt, and they were supposed to find it, and then they Ellie was magically there at that antique store. It was the first one she went to. Like, how did she magically find that Out of 33 hourglass antique immediately? Stores. And <sighs> what city has 33 antique stores? No, the st- yeah. the hunt was. I think it's said the area, but still, the hunt was a mess. And also, these kids aren't supposed to use cars, so like, it was such a mess. Yeah. Uh, what else do I have? The fart jokes in the car with the kids was oh not necessary. Um, I have so a fake. Why do I have a line written down? It just says you're not who I thought you were. Oh, it's Adam. That was Adam saying it after she asked him to put the hourglass oh, on the hunt. Right. And he goes, you're not who I thought you were, and he immediately hates her. And then later we learned that it's because he thought that it was, she was trying to cheat because she knew where something was. But uh, Ellie as Catherine is able to tell him that uh, the hourglass was her father's and something or whatever. Right. But it was like, he just immediately did this 360 of, I hate you now. After one thing. That's After right. I'm glad you thing. remember he that. Didn't ask <laughs> her. Like, Why did I write that? He didn't ask her. Oh, it's movie. Um, oh, dur- during the hunt when they spelled out the hunt with people's bodies, kind of like in Teen Beach 2 when they spelled oh, out. Oh, I keep forgetting to say this. So, <laughs> correction on my part. Half- halfway through the the recording for a, a Teen Beach 2, I started calling turn that frown upside down or turn your frown upside down, turn your smile upside down, which I think that's I just... A- get to- <laughs> I think that's just... um. A perfect encapsulation of how I'm feeling at this moment in time oh, with everything that's going turn on. Turn that just smile upside everyone, down. Turn that smile upside down, everyone. Nothing's and apparently good. that's how I'm feeling, too, because I didn't even catch you saying it, so... I was editing it, and I was going, oh, Oops. no. 
But yeah, anyway, during it was terrible. during <laughs> during your frown upside down when they frown. spelled what did they spell? I can't even remember. It was a smiley face that they turned oh, just, frown just upside a, down. Right, just a smiley face. I thought they spelled so something fun. too. But in this movie, they do the same thing with people sitting on the ground spelling out a word, but they just say the hunt. And it just lingers on it. And it's really badly formed. So you're kind of like, what is it? Oh, the hunt. Okay. Also, the T looked like there were two people just lying directly on top of each other for the middle part of the T. It was really weird. Uh, I have a few things from the wedding scene. The the groom, when he just starts. Okay, so Ellie and her mom are doing this singing moment during the wedding where no one says anything about it. It's just happening. And then... The fiance or the groom just randomly starts singing too. It's just like, why, why are all these random people just singing? It's so it was, weird. It was really strange, and it's I felt so like weird. it gave me vibes from um, Sleeping Beauty and Snow White, where the prince just like randomly starts singing with the princess. But that yeah. was in like a charming way, and this one was just really strange. So Ellie vlogging at the wedding. That oh. was really how they just changed the camera Selfie to video recording, the cell yeah. phone of her vlogging. It's just like, why did they add this at the very end? So uh, and then she throws her phone her. up in the air, and uh, I really was hoping it just it would disappears. Just, <laughs> it just disappears. I was really hoping it would come back down at the end of the song and just like smack her on the face, but, but it didn't. Um, that's all I have. Uh. Besides the <laughs> awkward encore and annoying singing song at the end. The, the singing oh song God. at the end. The singing uh, song. My brain cells are just dying after talking about this movie. Yeah. So, I'm so disappointed and angry in this movie. I'm so upset. Anyway, next week we get to be watching another remake with the Kim Possible live action remake. Oh. And we're both very exciting. Clearly. We're both very excited <laughs> as you can hear it in our voice. Yeah. Um... Neither of us have seen it. Surprise, surprise. I've heard of it. I know there was some backlash on it, but I'm trying to go in with an open mind, but I'm very tired of the remix, and I wish that Disney would do more original stuff, which I think Upside Down Magic, even if it's based on a book, I don't care if it's based on a book, that's more original than literally just remaking stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. So I'm I hope, it, I hope it's not Magic. like now you see it. Yeah. So Upside Down Magic is the last movie of, 20, of, of of the list. It's the last movie of 2020. It's the newest decom, which means after Upside Down Magic, we will be jumping back to 1998 and starting season two. Yay. So before we do that, we will be having our season wrap up. So in, in a few weeks, we'll be doing a season wrap up. And yeah. We'll see how things change. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. What in the world? Are we going to do for decom mission for this week? <laughs> um, uh, d- uh, watch a different musical. Yeah, I feel watch like a we, different I feel musical. like we've said that before with a, um, something about watching a musical. It must have been for Teen Beach Movie. I maybe. But that one but, was like watch Teen Beach Movie because that one was good. This yeah, one? That was Teen Beach. Teen Beach 2, we definitely said watch Teen Beach. The Teen Beach movies. For this one... I'm trying to think if there's like a a musical that's even similar to this, which I don't think there is, but I mean, I'm not... Ex- okay, I will say that I am not a huge fan of the modern movie musical adaptations. I think there are very few that are good and some that I haven't seen. Are you talking so, about like, like Mean Girls the musical and... Well, you can't watch that. Right. Are those I'm what talking you're ta- about movie, movie musicals. Oh, like, mo- like, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, not adapted musicals, movie musicals. Uh, you can watch Chicago. That's a good one. 
from 2002. The Hairspray movie is okay, I guess. Watch the Little Shop movie. Everyone just go watch the oh, Little Shop movie. That's a good one. And the Little Shop movie is campy and fun and, and not a great adaptation of the original content. So it's kind of the same, but it does it better. So that's my suggestion of a movie musical to go watch is the Little Shop movie, gosh darn it. <laughs> I could recommend all of these old movies, but that one's at least from the 80s. So it's modern enough. Yeah. Or you could just go watch Teen Beach movie too. Yeah, but I feel like that's a cheap answer for us. It is. Already, we did that a couple weeks ago. Uh, what else? Obviously, uh, Hamilton's on Disney+. Plus. I wonder when they're going to release Into the Heights. Because that was supposed to come out this year. It got, it's been postponed so many times. I don't even know if they've started production on that. That was supposed to come out like five years ago. <laughs> and then it got postponed. And then it got postponed again. I'll also say, I said this in the, in the, the watch through before we watched it, but I don't like pop or rock operas i don't like musicals that just sing literally everything i like when there's dialogue breakups because i like when the singing evokes a change or a feeling that like someone can't feels like they can't express with just words so they want to sing it so that's why i like or at least how i like musicals i'm not saying that people can't like rock or pop operas i just don't like them it's just it's just not for me. And there's a joke actually in the musical something rotten that talks about it. It's very funny. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like usually I don't like when they it's just songs the whole time, but I like Hamilton. We all know I like Hamilton. Uh, yeah. And I feel like they make it so that it's I mean, it's a like rap hip hop, so I feel like their dialogue is incorporated into the songs enough it's, where it's, it's still interesting. it works. It does and it doesn't. By I I think that it's one of the more effective uses of it, but I went to see it in Chicago with my dad, and by the I think the first half is tight and really, really good, and then the second act, I was tanking. I was like, wow, I'm done with this, please. This is... This is too much for me now. I'm very bored. Let me leave. Oh. Um, and that's an exaggeration. I wasn't that bored, but I was like, okay, it's been two and a half hours when is it done? Oh, it's three and a half hours long? Oh, God. That's too long. Because <laughs> that's... I mean, I would think that even if it was a musical with, with dialogue and with, with the dialogue broken up, I think that three and a half hours is a very long time to be in the theater. It is a very long time, especially, especially if you're not... Especially with one like, intermission. Yeah. Unless you're like me so and I'm, you, like, listen to the cast recording so many times where you, like, you know the whole thing and you know what's going to oh, happen. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. You're not the only person who did that because... Where my dad and I were sitting, oh, were there were people two girls in front of us oh, singing God. along the whole time, that and then next to me so on my annoying. left side was a kid unwrapping a water bottle. Like it was unbelievable. Right. Like so, aside from the fact that like I'm not the biggest fan of Hamilton, I do like it. Don't get me wrong. I still think that it's very, very good, and I understand why people like it. It's just one of those things where like the music. Not the music, but some some of the music is just not for me. And like I said, I think the first act is incredible. The second act is just not yeah, for me. The first act is, that makes is sense. much better in my opinion too. Yeah, but I feel like I over think, over time, like the more times I watch it, the more I appreciate the small things that I learn that are incorporated into the second act. But I, I still like the first act better. The other thing about the second act that I don't like is that it, it takes a lot more liberties with history and it makes Hamilton into even more of the of a martyr that he really wasn't. 
Hamilton was not a good guy, and people have taken away that he was a very good person, and it's like, he really wasn't, though. Mm-hmm. Like, he was kind of a d-hole. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Anyway, I could go on about that. Like I said, I really appreciate it, and I and I don't dislike it. It's just, I... I don't I don't like the second act. I just don't. I really like Jefferson. I think Jefferson is a great... Jefferson and Madison are great, and that's kind of the only thing I like about the, uh, the second act. And I... Okay, so I had seen Dovey Diggs, like, a recording of him doing What Did I Miss? And then the Jefferson that we had in Chicago was a total ham and was, like, breaking the fourth wall and, like, in a bad way... And it was really unpleasant. And it was very funny to me that the guy who was playing Madison was just completely overshadowing with how good he was. Interesting. Because he was so funny. Yeah. And so restrained. And the guy who was Jefferson was like always flailing and like bouncing off the wall. And I was like, dude, chill. Nobody, you're not funny. He was also like 19 years old and was like in college. And I was like, why is he cast in this? Weird. It was, we had a weird cast that like, it's like people were either really good or they were not like, we saw Karen Olivo as Angelica, and she was fantastic. And then our Hamilton was kind of meh, and he was the guy who was Hamilton in Chicago the whole time, but he was yeah. really meh. And then the girl who was Eliza was so boring. Oh, my God. Anyway. Yeah, I think when I saw it, it was a lot of um, not the cast that was normally playing the character. The understudies? Yeah, I think it was mostly understudies. But I, I love think, understudies. I was going to say, I think that they did a better job understudies than a lot of the fantastic. regular cast would have done. I will rarely be disappointed in seeing understudies because mm-hmm. I saw, I've seen a lot of understudies because I've seen a lot of theater. <laughs> and I would say like 60% of the time I am impressed with understudies. There was, so I saw, there's a good example of a uh, basically why I'm saying 60% because there's a good example. I saw a gentleman's guide to love and murder in New York on my birthday when I turned 21 and I saw mostly the original supporting cast, but the three lead characters besides, besides Jefferson Mays, which if I hadn't seen him, I would have been really disappointed because he was unbelievable and he did like a billion different characters, but there were two women and then the lead guy and they were all understudies and the one of the women was fantastic. The man fantastic the other woman not she had, that role is supposed to be really funny and doofy and quirky and she was playing it like a straight boring ingenue mm-hmm. it's kind of it, the other two great yeah it's interesting how the actors who are doing the performance can really change how you think oh of yeah a musical which i mean that's well, the great thing about theater is, amazing. yeah yep yeah anyway sarah what's your recommendation of a movie musical now that we've been talking about this um and the, the other thing about the about Hamilton that's kind of not a cheat is that it's a recording of a stage performance. It is, yeah. So I'm talking about movie. Um, I'm trying to think of like recent. We could watch Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's that's a jump. <laughs> yeah, it's know. like it's the modern ones are not. I was just gonna say like I can't think of a great. lot of it's modern ones that I like. I mean, I know a lot of them from years ago that I really like, but... Right. I haven't even seen the, the movie version of Newsies. I can't even speak to that. News, okay. I, the movie the movie for Newsies is, is not terrible, but it's it's not great. <laughs> you know what you also should not watch is the 2019 version of Cats. Yeah, please don't. Don't watch please that. Please don't support I, that I movie. never watched it, but I watched the trailer and that was enough for me. <sighs> 
there's so many there's so many bad recent movie adaptations of musicals it's really disappointing yeah all the ones that are coming up are like beauty and the beast aladdin les mis i didn't even see the movie version i don't really like les mis so i feel like i tried watching that movie and i got half an hour in and i was just bored so i didn't pay attention yeah I like how we've spoken for like 10 extra minutes of just us trying to find new movie musicals. Right. I'm glad I just thought of Little Shop. I was, was going like, to say, yeah, like that... that one came up on mine too after um, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. Oh my gosh, there's a Jetsons musical? Oh, or is that just under movie? Musical that theater just... sci-fi movies. Jetsons the movie. What? Oh lord, I've never even heard of that. What? Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars. Why are these coming up under musicals? Yeah, not exactly what we're looking for. I guess there's, like, Mary Poppins and Mary Poppins Returns. My sister really liked Mary Poppins Returns. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone else saw it. I saw it. I feel like I... I liked it more than other <laughs> musical movies, if that means anything. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you could you could still take Chicago. Yeah, I might ha- I might take Chicago, even though that one. Oh my gosh, Troll in Central Park came up. <laughs> I think that's my mission. Is I don't know if I want to though. I kind of want to keep it in my memory how I have it. Yeah, I'll just say Chicago. I guess. Okay, Sound you know of what? Music I'm gonna change, so I'm gonna change my stipulation. <laughs> I'm gonna change my decommission. Watch your favorite movie musical, yeah. and if you haven't seen one before. Watch either Little Shop of Horrors or Chicago, because those are both good examples of movie musicals. There we go. There. That's your decom mission. Joseph and Success. the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. That movie is also kind <laughs> of a, a recording of a stage performance. It it's is. like a weird that, mosh. I feel like so many of the ones I like are recordings of the stage production. So, Yeah, because they're good. Yeah. Anyway, all right, we'll see you next time for Kim Possible the movie. So exciting. Mm-hmm. At least it's not a musical. I don't think. This is a musical. <laughs> Never thought I'd say that. All right, everybody. See you then. Bye. Bye.